Hi, everyone. It is me, Marilyn Aloria. Welcome to Who Can It Be Now? I am very excited to talk to you today because we are going to talk about dreams coming true, how to make dreams come true, how do you feel about the word dreams and goals, and um, how your guides can help you to get there. So I am really excited with you to explore these different areas because I feel that we sit in a time now more than ever before, and it doesn't matter when you're listening to this, where we have access to pathways to our dreams, very, very clear paths to our dreams. And I feel like there's a certain formula in order to make those happen where we're engaged and excited and, and inspired and scared and tumbling along and um, just really making it all happen in the moment with detachment, but yet focused intention. And those are really, really important qualities to have as you are doing your path of dreams. And I really hope that this finds you at a time where, one, you're excited for your dreams. Some of you may be like, woohoo, yeah, I'm on this path. Some of you may be feeling like, you know, they haven't really happened. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm willing to listen. And um, for those of you who are lacking belief, because maybe it's been just really difficult, um, for those of you, I'm hoping that this just opens up that door or it's like an envelope, ripping an envelope open to a new surprise. So I share all of this with you because I have a book coming out and I really want to um, tell you about my experience with writing this book and how long it's taken for this to happen and how much this has accelerated my creativity and my inspiration inside of me and setting up my life in a way where I can write more days than before. And um, if you're interested in getting my book, it is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's going to be available on my website, marilynaloria.com, also on the Common Sentience um, website. And it's called Guides, Mystical Connections to Soul Guides and Divine Teachers. And it is uh, by me. And there's a lot of stories in there by some incredible authors. So you're going to, the first part of the book is all about what I feel guides are and what can be a guide and just some really great um, information. And I think some information in there is information that I haven't seen other people necessarily teaching. I don't know every single teacher on the earth, so I have no clue what's all out there. But I think that you will really find this incredibly beneficial because of the information I share in that. So it gives you a really good overview. And then the middle part are stories. And I wrote two stories very dear to my heart. And a lot of other um, authors contributed their stories as well. And I feel like that's a really important part of this book because it allows you to see you're not alone. Many times when you were having these experiences with guides or um, psychic experiences, you may have written them off as coincidences or you may have been told you're being dramatic or you couldn't possibly be feeling that or seeing it. And I found that I had the same thing happen to me. You know, I had these experiences from very, very young and I was told I was making it up or it was my imagination or um, I, I, I was just very active imagine, imagination. It was all my imagination and all that kind of nonsense. And I just shoved it down. I thought, oh yeah, they must be right. You know, but psychic things kept happening to me. And I was like, mm, I think I'm psychic. I'm pretty clear I'm psychic. And when I started diving into who I truly am, into my being and my guides were the directors in that ship. They were like helping me to really come home to my soul. And when I started doing that, I started remembering things that were happening to me as a kid. And I was like, oh my goodness, that was them. 
And it was such a mind-blowing experience to have in that moment in time in my life. It was really confirming. And I feel like these stories are going to do that for you. You're going to really be like, oh my goodness, that happened to me too. Wow, that's so cool. Or yeah, I remember when that happened. Because you think like you don't remember this stuff. And you're like, when I was like starting to open up to my gifts and I was like, oh my goodness, I knew where those Easter baskets were. And I saw it clearly in my third eye, or I saw that hand come around the corner of the, the hallway. And I share all these stories in my podcast so you can listen to earlier episodes. And all these things like the little men that used to crawl on my body and I'd wake up with a fever, you know, the precognitive dreaming I was having at such an early age. All those things, you're going to be like, oh, wow, I know what this person's talking about. I had this experience. And what that helps you do is it helps you to open up to your gifts. It helps you to own them. And it helps you to explore them in a way that you're ready to explore at this time in your life. And then the third part, the third part's my favorite. All right. I love the, I love all the parts. I really do. I really enjoyed putting this book together. But the third part is what I do best. I teach people through experience. So that part is a lot of exercises and techniques. And I did it like a journey. Now, I'm going to tell you to jump ahead to the appendix when you get the book, because you're going to get a guide from me. So it'll ask you a question. And some of you may have already done this. And I just did this again in my group where I have you pick a number from one to 10 and you pick a number. And then you go and you see which guide you got. And I have done this for a couple of years now, depending on when you listen to this. And 99, I, I've never seen actually anyone say, oh, I think maybe one person was like, I'm not really even sure. Because most everyone is like, holy mackerel, that's exactly what I needed in this moment. I can't believe I got this guide. And these were guides that were channeled to me. So in order to learn how to work with these guides, I suggest you go through the whole third part of the book. You take that guide and you go on the journey and you're going to learn how to feel and how to see, and you're going to learn the symbolic language of your soul. So there's so much juicy goodness. So I do invite you to purchase that book. And if you purchase that book before, don't worry, I'm going to teach you some stuff on this podcast. It's not just a big old, big old ad for my book, but I am excited. I am happy. And I am, <sighs> I have found what I said to um, one of my coaches in my program, Monique, um, and there's an interview with Monique on my podcast. I said, this is the welcome mat to all my writing. And I forgot I said it and she repeated it to me. She, cause I left her a message and she messaged me back. She said, I loved how you said it was a welcome mat to all your writing. And I could see this book as laying the welcome mat. And I see this door open and it's just inviting me to come in and I'll explain to you all in this podcast what that story is about and how I'm inviting you to do those things that inspire you. But anyway, so the book, um, you'll, you can get it on Amazon. You, and if you buy it before midnight, July 1st, so um, midnight before midnight, July 1st, we have some incredible bonuses for you. So once you buy it, you'll be told how to, you can send us um, a picture of your receipt to book one at marilynaloria.com to book one at marilynaloria.com. You just send us a photo of your receipt and then we're going to send you three incredible bonuses. One bonus is a meditation with me where I introduce you to your guides. Another bonus is a great opportunity to continue these studies at a very discounted price. I would in, I would tell you, do it, do it, do it, do it. I'll tell you more about that um, opportunity at the end of this podcast. And then, because um, it's just so good and it's such a community of practice, people get to practice your gifts and you get to open up to them. You get to be cheerleaded in them. 
And then the third bonus is a surprise, mainly because I can't remember in the moment. <laughs> oh, it's a live thing with me. Yes. Now I remember it. So um, go buy your book. I guarantee you'll love it and enjoy it and come play with me and party with me and party with your guides. Okay. So let's talk about this experience for me so that I can incite and excite similar experiences in you and show you how your guides can just walk you home, just walk you home all the time to your soul. So I had always wanted to write, especially at 12 years old, and I'll never forget it. I sat in my bedroom. It was a very small, cramped bedroom, usually very messy. At that point, I don't think it was. I was sitting on the ground with this yellow pieces of paper that my mother brought me, and I wrote a story about um, a boy and this center that I used to go to in this um, Syrian Orthodox church. I only say that because um, we grew up Catholic in a very Catholic neighborhood and then sprinkled in, there were these great Orthodox churches. And it was such a beautiful experience for me to be able to experience other types of religions at such an early age. So I'm really, I feel really blessed to have been um, introduced to that. It was really amazing. And I remember sitting on the floor and writing the story about, you know, being at the center. They used to do this really cool center at night where there was a trampoline and air hockey and, you know, kids our age running around playing. And it was really just such a great thing. And I wish, like, it, I think they stopped it after a certain period of time. And then I was in the bars at like, I celebrated my 14th birthday in a bar. So if I stayed in that center, it would have been better for me. But, you know, everything is what it is. And that's where story comes from for me and where I have so much compassion for other people of what they've went through because of my life. So I was sitting on the ground writing on my floor and writing pages after pages after pages after pages. And I was so like excited by it because I discovered something in me that was truly interesting and fun. And I remember my mother telling me at a very early age, um, my mother had a lot of creativity in her that she didn't explore because she wasn't told that she was creative. She would paint, play the piano, sing. And she wrote too, when she was in graduate school, she was a teacher. So she went for her master's and then her 30 credits above. And she wrote a story and I loved her story. And she was like, no, it's not that good. Everything was, no, it's not that good. Or a painting. She was like, no, it's not me. The artist was fixing it. Like she could never fully embrace and accept her creativity. And I noticed at a very early age that she was doing that, but I'm also really feel really blessed that my mother was so creative, like read the New York Times and would take us to all these, like when she had the money, this restaurants off the beaten path, you know, we got to check out this restaurant. It's got this really cool ravioli and blah, 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 blah. And actually I forgot all that stuff that she did. Friends reminded me because she would bring friends with us. And she was just always with a little backpack going to a museum or going to a play or you know, she introduced me to a lot of that. And we weren't really, we weren't rich when I was growing up. It wasn't until I was the youngest. So there was a time when there was more money around when I uh, got older, but she found ways to do it. And she was very creative, but she never really could acknowledge her gifts inside herself. So what happens when you have somebody like that, who's your mentor, your idol, your mother, right? You start adopting her, her ways, right? You start adopting these people that are, uh, are, your guides. They're your guides in the beginning. And I remember, I'm going to skip around, but that's what stories do. I was around, I think I was around 26, 27. And I went on a road trip with my friend Jessica to Memphis, Tennessee. We, we borrowed my father's Cadillac, really comfortable car, hysterically funny. And we drove down to Memphis. And there was one night when we had, we were in like a semi-dry town 
We found alcohol. I don't know where we went to find that alcohol, but we found it. And we sat in the hotel room and had some drinks and we were just laughing our butts off. And, you know, this is back in the like early 90s. So there's no like iPhones or, you know, portable music or iTunes. So Jessica was like, we got to go listen to Walking in Memphis. You know, we're getting ready for the trip. And we went into the car and we put the CD in and it's the song Walking in Memphis. And we're like singing it and she's videotaping and she puts the videotape on me. And I'm like, I'll never forget this moment. I was like, no, no, don't put it on me. I'm not creative. I'm not creative at all. I have just keep it away. Keep it away. And in that moment, there was like another part of me watching over me going, what are you, what are you doing? That's not, that's not your truth. That's not who you are. But, and I remember seeing the video a couple of times after and having a moment of embarrassment because I was like, cause not long after that, I decided to become an actress. Uh, you're on stage, you're getting videotaped all the time. Not long after that, I really dove into my creativity. So I adopted my mother's, I knew that wasn't me. I knew that was my mother's voice, but I couldn't do anything about it in the moment. So going back to my writing at 12 years old. So I shared it with one of the girls on my block. She was a mean girl. They were mean. She, she's okay now. You know, she got in touch with me years later. Um, and I read it to her and it was like, that's it. And so what did I do? I threw it out and didn't write again for a while. And then I went to college and uh, I struggled. First, first year of college, I was lucky I got in. My mother filled out my college applications. I just wanted to go to a, um, a trade school and get married to my guy I was dating at the time. My mother was like, mm, you're going to college filled out my applications. My grades were not very good. I don't know. I think my SAT scores were okay. I wasn't, I wasn't very good at those type of tests. And, um, she sent me to college. She's like, this is where you're going. And they had like a capital achievement program at the school. So they took people like me that didn't have great grades. And I'm actually very smart, <laughs> but this is what happens when you're in high school and grammar school and you're not doing that well. And went into school and I'm really glad she did that. She saved my life actually. And so I was in um, college studying accounting. Like my brother took me aside and was like, what are you doing studying accounting? That is not you. I have nothing against accountants. I love, love, love my accountant. I've told this story before, but it, it was not for me. But anyway, so I was in school and college and I was getting into a lot of trouble. I was, it was my 19th year was one of my hardest years of my life. Um, it was really challenging, really difficult. I was in court. My father took us to court. My mother was trying to get more money from him because he wasn't paying any child support to my brothers, just to me. She wanted to get me out of the neighborhood. She knew that I was in trouble with drugs and stuff. And, um, so my father sued me and there was a lot going on. But during all of that, I was making Dean's list because I knew I needed to get out too. And there was a fire under my butt. And it actually started from my, my mother threw me out of the house twice. And she, when I talked to her later about it, she's like, I felt awful about doing it. And I was like, actually, you saved my life by doing it. Because when she threw me out of the house the second time, I moved out for like three, four months. And I was like, what am I doing? You know? And there were moments at that time. So here we're talking about my mother, who was a guide in one way, you know, getting me to go to college, getting me opportunities, um, taking my father back to court, even though she was tortured in family court our whole life with him because he was able to fix the systems because he was very well known in the court system. Um, and then I remember my friend's father, Patricia's father, who I was living in an apartment, was doing a lot of drugs, a lot of cocaine. 
Um, and I was trying to get my life together. And my friend, um, Patricia's father came to the door and her mother didn't like me because of something that happened. And she ended up loving me at the end. And it was really a great woman. I loved her so much, both of them. But her father came to the door and he was picking up Pat. And I think he said to me, he just really looked in my eyes and he was like, how are you doing? Are you okay? And I can't remember the full story, but there was a connection there. It was like somebody saw me and saw that I mattered and I counted for something. And I talked to my friend after about it and she said, yeah, he's concerned about you. He really, he relates to you because he had a hard upbringing. He was such an amazing man. And um, she said, he just really wants to make sure you're okay. That's a guide, right? So we're not even into the mystical connection guides. We're into the moments. So I got, I went away to school and my brother, who was another guide at that point, it was like, go away to school, get out of the neighborhood and study television communications. So I did, I studied TV and I took um, an English lit as English uh, American lit as a minor. I studied writing. Now, before I went into the second college that I went to the first college, I was taking English, you know, you had to take English. And the professor was like, oh my goodness, you don't know how to write. This is like, this paper needs ambulatory services. And um, I got him to get me, a, give me a D because he had a crush on my friend and um, she worked it for me and I got a D and I know it wasn't somebody who would get D's and stuff. I didn't do great, but I was more like a C student. But anyway, so I got the Dean's list. I got into a great college. I started uh, communications with an English minor. And I started studying, taking more writing classes because I was reading novels and writing and stuff. And I really was enjoying it. And I had one professor in there who I wrote a paper and he was like, oh my goodness, this paper's amazing. I even showed it to another professor who, a professor that was the most difficult professor in the college. And he even enjoyed it. And it was like somebody, you know, waving saying, yeah, you can do this. You can do this. You can do this. So I will tell you a story about him in a second. I um, left college. I've graduated from college and I started going into TV production and you all know this story. So I'm not going to get into all of this, but um, it wasn't until I started taking improv classes and then I got Tina and Tony and Tina's wedding that I started exploring writing more. And what I what happened for me is when I was in Tony and Tina's wedding, it's mostly improv. So you're writing on your feet, which I didn't realize that's what it was. And I remember one of the actors saying to me, because I started coming up with my own lines and you start, things just happen automatically. You start saying things that obviously aren't scripted. They're great lines. People are laughing their butts off. And um, the, my, the guy, I think it was playing Tony, he said to me, yeah, improv is writing on your feet. So I started really diving into it more and I started exploring writing. And I think I was exploring it a little bit before that too, because I was exploring it with different boyfriends I had. And I've always was dating like the creative bunch and um, just delving into script writing and different types of writing. And I've always wanted to write a book. And I can't, I, I, it was in and out, in and out. And I wrote a script called Girl Out of Brooklyn. O-U-T-T-A was spelled Girl Out of A-U-T-T-A Brooklyn. And I wrote it with a friend of mine and we went to this script person and she kind of tore it apart. And I was an actress at that time and I would not pitch it without me being the lead in it. And the woman was like, and this is what you have to be careful of boxed in ideas. People tell you, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. And you start believing them. They're not guides. 
They're guides that you run from. And she said to me, um, you can't be the lead in this. It's impossible. And I said, well, I'm not doing it otherwise. This is the only reason why I'm doing this script. And my friend and I left that meeting. We paid, you know, money for that meeting. And she was like, we, we broke up after that. We, we were just friends, but we broke up as writing partners because we didn't have the same vision. And I was, I was pursuing acting at that point wholeheartedly. So my goal for the script was either I'm in it or I'm not. It was my baby. And I also sent it to a couple of other people. And one person I sent it to um, was a screenwriter that my therapist connected me to. And he said to me, you'll never get a period piece made. And this is before period pieces were being made. And this script was set in the early 80s, late 70s. And I knew when he said it, it wasn't true. But I allowed that to seep in. And not long after that, like two years after, how many shows do we have on air that are period pieces? Like it started with the 70s show. And then all these other shows came out, like Sopranos. And um, I think Sopranos was present day. Actually, I can't remember. But anyway, um, all these shows came out that were period pieces. I don't think it was Sopranos. And I was like, that guy. But I believed him over myself. And that was the problem. And I remember saying to my therapist at the time what he said. And I said, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And she, I left her. She got really mad at me. How dare you talk bad about him? And I was like, holy mackerel, isn't this what therapy is about? You know, that was just one of many reasons for me to run out of that office. So. And then there was somebody else I sent it to, and he was like, I can't get into a script where teenage girls are giving guys blowjobs. And this was before Gossip Girl and all these other teenage shows. And he's like, nobody's going to make this. So I believed everybody over me. This is before I was in touch with my guides, right? Your guides set you on your path. So I put that aside. I still continued writing, but it was always like, I'm writing this, I'm writing that, but nothing's getting done. Nothing is going out there. Like it's one of those dreams that I just kept sitting on and talking to my friend Brooke about and not making happen. And we all do that. We all get into these patterns and then somebody will say no. And you'll be like, you believe them over yourself. Why? Why? And I really feel like when that happens, you have to ask yourself, am I ready for this? What is it in me that they're reflecting back to me? Because their truth isn't stronger than my truth. But if I'm believing their truth of my own right now, that means that truth exists inside of me. So I had gotten in touch with my guides. You all know that story if you've been listening to my podcast for some time and if you read my book. And they're the ones who really brought me home to my soul. And I had no clue that that's what was going to happen or how it was going to happen. And... um just being with them and channeling and the stuff that would come through me into recordings was writing. It's all writing. So you're just like, I'm just letting stuff come out of me. And like afterwards when I would hear it, or even at the moment right after the channel session, if something stuck out to me, because I don't usually remember, I'd be like, oh my goodness, that was so prolific. That was so amazing. And also what I found was people would requote things that I said. And I started acknowledging and aligning more with myself as a writer. Now, during this process too, though, people were constantly remarking on my bad grammar and 
my tense problems. I go from past to present tenses and my spelling issues. But they always said I was a great storyteller. A lot of people would say I was a great storyteller. I did take different classes like uh, college extension classes. And I would have the teachers that would be like, what the heck are you doing? This is before I knew my guides. I'm just remembering all this now. So I want to bring this into the story. So I took a class at NYU Extension before I knew my guides and the teacher just did not get me. She didn't understand me. And then I took other writing classes and it was interesting to me how some teachers loved how I wrote and some teachers thought it was horrendous. So I took one class where it's going to be my next podcast that comes out in October, Sal and me, where I started writing that story and that the first teacher was like, he was a memoir writer. He was like, oh my God, this, excuse me, God, this is a story. Holy mackerel. He even contacted me a couple of years ago to see where I was with it. Um, and then I took a class with an, a, a famous publisher or editor. I can't remember. She was a publisher and an editor in a big house. And she like had no clue who I was. She was like, what the, like could not relate to the material at all. And I share all this with you because that's the next dream that I am making happen and I'm committing to it and being accountable to myself. And then I've had professors that have said, one professor in particular, he said to me in college, you write the way you speak, which is poetry. I'm going to repeat that. You write the way you speak, which is poetry. So there's all these different people in your life and you have to, first of all, you have to give credibility mainly to yourself. Of course, you have to be open, no matter what you do, to hearing feedback, because that's there to develop you. And if it's feedback you don't agree with, that's okay. That's there to develop you as well. So moving the story along, I um, moved into, I moved out of my apartment where I was definitely exploring more of my creativity, my writing. That's where I wrote the script. I found my guides. And then I moved into my first house in Sherman Oaks. And definitely more of that was coming through me. And I was really having these creative impulses, but I still wasn't acting on them, but I was creating content constantly. I had a, a very big digital content business, you know, membership for your soul and um, the 28 day challenge with your guides, constant communication with your guides. Every uh, class that I wrote just comes through me. I don't really, I have a very interesting process where I literally could just have a it's like what I'm doing, you know, I could just have a topic and then I just, it just flows through me. The teaching just flows through me because it's them and they pull on all my avenues of experience and they create incredible material, my guides. And when I moved into the house I'm in now, I knew I wanted to move someplace where I was in nature and I could write. And I just felt the calling to write. So I, when I bid on the house that I'm in today, there's these beautiful decks that look out on these gorgeous trees. It's very quiet. It's very peaceful. I have trails all around me that I can walk to. And I wrote a letter to the owners because it was a very competitive market. And I said, oh, I could see myself sitting on your deck writing my book. And I've shared this a bit before, but I'm going to share it again. When I moved into this house, I was writing more posts and I was just being seen more. I was ready to be seen and heard. And um, I, my realtor said, wow, you really are writing more in that house that you're in. I see your Facebook posts and so many people comment on them. She's talking about my personal page. And she's like, you're doing what you said you were going to do. And I didn't even acknowledge it. And I was like, you know what? She's right. And then the opportunity came to write this book um, from Sacred Stories Publishing. And I just, 
I worked with them and I wrote the book and now the book is coming out and I made a dream come true in this house. And it's been phenomenal and amazing to see a dream that's taken many years to come to fruition come true. And all the guides along the way and my own guides, right? So when the book opportunity came to me, I was like, whoa, 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 wait, let me, let me hear about this, right? Is, it, are you expecting me to pay something for this? No, no, no. This we're asking you to publish a book. Okay. Send me the agreement. She sends me the agreement. I send it to my attorney. My attorney has a couple of changes. I'm like, I don't really care what happens. Just deal with it. I trust you. The agreement gets signed off on. Then we're doing the book. And then, you know, there's little hiccups along the way. And it was an interesting way to do the book because I was she was interviewing me. We were recording it and then it was being transcribed and then edited and then I would edit and they would edit. And um, it was perfect. It was a great flow for me. It was a great way to do my first book. And what I had found through it was how much I love to write. I just truly, truly enjoy writing. It is talking about coming home even more. I'm coming home even more. And before I got the book opportunity, last year I hired a writing coach because I've taken many, many writing classes. And I found that I would take writing classes, but the amount of time that I would get on my particular piece wasn't long enough. It just wasn't good enough. And I'd been trying to do my second podcast, which is Sal and Me, the working title right now. And uh, there's a story in the book about it. So you'll, you'll read about it. And um, when I was working with the writing coach, he was amazing, absolutely incredible. And I still have some sessions. So I'll go back to him soon. And I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. And um, he was teaching me a tiny bit about what I do with tenses, how I jump from one tense to another. And I was like, Bruce, I really need you to teach me this because the more that I learned how to write correctly, I don't even know if that's the right word, it helps my flow, right? And I'm not in my head anymore about, I have grammar things to fix. You know, there's different tools and techniques you can use. I try not to let that trip me up on telling story because I know that there's always an editor out there that can put it together in a great way or fix it. And I also know there's tools that can fix it too. So I let things flow and I, you know, I'm going to write the way that I tell story, which is the, it's, you know, ending in prepositions and all sorts of stuff. So I've decided to clear my calendar more so I can write more. And that's exactly what I've been doing. I'm very focused on um, membership for your soul. And I have another program called Next Level Living, which incorporates Soul Finder Academy. Those are my programs. Those are my programs that I love. They're my heart. They're um, the greatest community. And what I do now is um, I'm filming this in my um, office. So we'll have reels of this. So I'm always in my office, though. I'm shifting my office um, in a couple of weeks. I'm shifting the desk and everything. And um, I am going up to the kitchen. It's always great to move locations to go to another place to write. Um, so I've been like sitting in my kitchen. I'm sitting and staring at the trees in a different way. And I'll show the trees for the video. Hopefully the SM person will. We have social media people that help us. I am on my own social media, but um, that's the trees. But uh, I do have somebody that helps me with those reels because they're better at it than me. Anyway, so um, I've noticed I'm going up to the kitchen and I'm sitting in a different position than how I normally journal and writing, just writing, writing, writing. And now I was working on um, Next Level Living, uh, the page for it, the product page for it, which is really a story. It's very different than anybody else has done it. And if you want to see it, it's marilynalori.com forward slash journey. So 
I noticed when I was sitting up in the kitchen, I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. I'm, I didn't notice it for like a couple of weeks. And I was like, I'm, that's where I'm changing my desk to. I just said, I'm changing my office room, right? And I'm actually changing my desk for a different direction because intuitively you'll know which direction is really, really good for you, for you to write, for you to, of course there's feng shui things. And I'm sure if I checked it with feng shui, it probably be, might be right. But um, for me, it's just energetic and I trust my intuition where things need to be positioned, where I need to be positioned. When I meditate, I have to face a certain way. It's pretty much the same way, a little bit off to the left. So through all of this, the physical guides, the physical people, I'm going to tell one more story and then I'll go into mystical guides. Um, it's been a really incredible experience. And I'm like, oh my goodness, the book is written. It's coming out and it's coming out June 28th, but you can buy it now pre-sales remember pre-sales till July 1st and you'll get those bonuses and I do see it as a welcome mat to all this other writing I'm ready to do and this is where I'm going to get into goals and focus I have been extremely focused this year and with focus comes fruition with focus comes achievements with focus comes lessons which focus comes uncomfortable moments things you weren't expecting but when those things come down the pike that you're not expecting, when you have focus, you know what to do with those things. You're like, oh, yeah, this is a jagged edge. This is a bump in the road. But I also know that it's supplying me information or it's asking me to shift gears or shift patterns or shift positions or paths or shift something because the universe and God is supporting me where I'm going. Whether you believe in God or not does not matter to me. Um, that was my stomach if you heard it because I'm hungry. So that's the thing about focus. So I've been super, super focused. So May was all about, um, of course, I've had a focus this whole year, but as I'm recording this, I don't know when you're hearing it. Um, May was about decluttering and getting rid of stuff and organizing. And I'm not a big clutter person. I don't like it, but I really organized everything. And now it's about changing up my desk. And it was also about clearing my schedule. And my schedule is clear. And it's about taking blocks of time, not going on social media, not going down any rabbit holes, blocks of time, setting the timer on my phone and sitting upstairs and writing. And it's also about trusting my own writing because the things that I put out sometimes don't get met with encouragement, enthusiasm, support. And then it's knowing who supports you and who doesn't support you. It's being very clear about those things. I know my guides support me all the time. I know that they have my back. I know that they've been encouraging me to do this for so long. So here's another part of this interesting story. So last week, um, I, I'm recording this on June 2nd, so of 2022. So last week I was um, on Facebook and I got a friend request. And I'm like, really? And it was my English professor from college, the one who told, one who showed my paper, who thought I wrote a great paper, and the one who said to me, you write the way you speak, which is poetic. He truly believed in me. He, he was somebody that I just always remembered, always had a fine, like such a great memory of him. And I texted my friend from college who was also, you know, in his classes. And I said, guess who just friended me? And she's like, I know I've been in touch with him via email. And he asked me where you, what you're, you know, where you were these days. And uh, I told him and I was like, oh my goodness, that's so cool. 
So we've been communicating a bit and having like, he's, he's really funny and really great guy and having just little, like uh, funny little back and forth comments about writing and different things. And I'm like, look at that. Like life is just so incredible how things show up for us and how people show up for us. And if you set your path and your focus and you focus on the choices and decisions that you make in the moment, magic happens. It, it magic has to happen. So the way that this looks for me is I set goals. I definitely have goals and, but I'm not attached to them, but they are in my, um, distance. They're like where I'm headed. They are in my vision, but what I focus on is in the moments, what I have to do in order to move myself along on the journey. Because I know that the universe, God, spirit, what they have for me is so much better than I could imagine because it hasn't happened yet to me. So I have nothing to put, you know, compare it to because this is new. This is something new and exciting. Never done a book before. I never lived amongst trees before. I've never talked to guys before, before I talked to them, you know, so those are all new, exciting experiences. And if you're not in the moment to enjoy them and notice when they're happening, then you're missing it. So I'm a big believer in setting your sights on what you want. Let's change the word want to desire because want can be perceived as lack, scarcity. So what you desire, I know what I desire. I get clear about it. I write about it all the time. I write about it, especially in the beginning of every month, because I review where I've gone, what I've done and what I've. Uh, accomplished and what I haven't accomplished and why. And it's not, I'm not beating myself up during this at all. I'm very proud of myself. And then I continue on with what are the goals for this month? What are the goals for next month? So the goal right now, like I said, I'm recording this June 2nd, 2022. is a couple of things in my business that I'm dialing in that'll be done by the end of this month. And starting July 1st, I will um, be starting the work on my second podcast, which if you think doesn't scare me, you're out of your friggin' mind. Okay. Because this is a murder case. I'm going back 12 years of something that happened to me, even though it happened throughout my life, throughout the past 12 years a bit, but not like that. I have to recall it from memory. I have to find, um, well, no, this is what I did. I organized all the journals. I organized all the material. That was my goal this month in May to organize everything so that it was at my fingertips. So everything's organized and ready for me to go. Once I move my desk, I get a bigger desk so I can put things out. And July 1st, July, August, September, I'm committed to, it's going to be longer than that, but at least getting those first few episodes so that it could launch in October. Now I'm scared. I'm scared. This is something I've been wanting to do for over 10 years. and by me announcing this to you, I'm committing to myself, but I also called two peers, very close friends in the business, in my business. And I said, this is what I'm doing. I need you to keep me accountable. That's what I love about membership for your soul. We now have progress pods in there where they help you to meet with light-minded people, great people. And we're going to help you to move the needle forward in your life. So, um, if you're interested in membership for your soul, you can go to membershipforyoursoul.com forward slash trial, T-R-I-A-L, and you can take a dollar trial for 30 days. A lot of people are doing it, trying it out and staying. 
Um, and if you've done the trial already, you can't do that, but you can come join us at membership for your soul. And you can email us at info at marilynalori.com, ask us how to join, or just go to membershipforyoursoul.com and join. Um, we do know who's taking the trial before, so don't try to do it again. With that said, so here I am very focused. Also the whole time, who do you think has been guiding me the most, whether I have been in touch with them or not? my guides. They are the ones that brought me to all these different people that have helped me, that have supported me. They have uh, brought me to my urgings inside, my thirst. They have reminded me who I am. They continue to remind me of who I am. They support me through the risks and the changes and the difficulties and the excitement and the opportunities. And they walk with me hand in hand through the entire thing and experience. And they're still with me, always with me. And what they have done is one of the things that I did just this past week was I was journaling about what do I truly desire instead of what I want. I used to be what I want, but I've shifted that now. What do I truly desire? And when I envision my day a year from now, maybe three years from now at the most, I see what I do and how I'm spending my time. And a lot of it is writing and creating and doing podcasts and because I really, really enjoy that. And of course, I have my communities and stuff. And I see how I spend my day. And my guides and I, we work together on that. We, um, we get together. And they color it in for me and they let me know that I can have it. And they turn on the lights, which is inside of me to remind me of who I am. And then when I walk around my physical life, they point me in the directions. They send me signs and symbols that are, <laughs> that are um, turning that light on even more, turning up the light. It's like a ping. Sometimes it's like a pinball machine inside my body. It's like ding, 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 ding. You know, all the lights are just going off at once. And I'll give you a moment in a second about that. So when you start working with them, what unfolds in your experience is spectacular. And the thing that I can say to you is, it doesn't happen overnight. I've been working with my guides for mm, over 15 years. And I'm not saying you have to wait 15 years because I would never say that to anyone. I don't know what your time period is going to be, but it's like learning a new language. You know, you're getting to know, getting into a new relationship with someone. It's just like any physical relationship. You're going to hear about relationships and how much it is a relationship in this book. And um, that's something I haven't heard people teach the way that I teach in that. And again, it's not a comparison thing. It's uh, what I'm doing is giving my guides credibility because I'm sure other people talk about it. I just, like I said, I don't know everyone and, I, and, and, and I'm so glad there are people teaching it about it. But what I'm saying is that I personally learned most of what I'm teaching you from my guides. They are teaching guides. They came in right away and they told me, we are teaching guides. And I didn't know what that meant. And I was act, pursuing acting at the time. And I'm like, all right, great. You're teaching guides. And then they started teaching me things because there was no internet. There was no Google. There was a bookstore with, you know, a, a, 
least the bookstore in my neighborhood in LA was, you know, decent. So it had like a couple of shelves. When I first started opening to my psychic ability, it was a narrow bookshelf in Barnes and Noble. And there was like maybe five books and there was a little more than that, but, and they said they're teaching guides. And I was like, all right, teaching guides, whatever. And then they started teaching me about clairvoyancy and clairaudience and claircognizance and how to speak to dead people and not to listen to the antiquated mediums out there that tell you it's only one way you can do it. And that you have to use your imagination and creativity. And here are these fun little techniques and tools. And then I put it in a 28 day challenge, which is a whole guided moment of how that happened. That's in membership for your soul. And then people are like blown away by the information and the experiences that they were having. And I was like, holy mackerel, this shit works. And then I understood what the teaching guides meant. They, I fell in love with teaching and I, I was leaning into them and they were just teaching through me. And it was interesting to me because I would talk to friends who do content and they were like getting ready to do a class and it was like a month away. And they were like, I, I, I got to sit down. I got to outline it. I got to write it. I got to write this out. I got to write this meditation out. And I'm like, really? You have to do all that? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, and it wasn't like, again, it, you, you may hear something different. But for me, it was like, really? You have to do that? I don't have to do that. I don't have that experience. And I still didn't understand why fully. And then I remembered something my mother said about the artist. She said that when she told me this years ago, years and years ago, my mother has Alzheimer's. So we don't have these conversations now, unfortunately, but I'm glad we had them when we had them. And she told me when she was in our class with her teacher at the time when she was in it, she said that um, her teacher, Astrid, told her that she saw auras. And Astrid thought everybody saw auras. And it wasn't until she started telling people what she saw and she found out not everybody sees them that this was something special and different. And I don't know that she is special because we're all special in our own way. And it's the same thing with me with teaching. I've thought, oh, doesn't everybody do it this way? And then I learned, no, not everybody does it this way. And then I understood they're teaching guides. They can turn on the teaching at any moment. Your guides may be different. I don't know who your guides are buy the book, find them, come work with me. You'll see. It's a lot of fun. So I promised you one more story that I do want to share, but I have to take a drink of water. He might edit that out of the podcast, but I'm doing video also. Um, whatever you want to do, Ricky, do. You can even leave that part in. Ricky edits the podcast. He's great. Okay. Uh, so... We all, maybe you don't know my story about Mr. Owl, and it's too big of a story to give right now, but it is weaved throughout my podcast. And there is a whole episode, I believe, on Mr. Owl. So I really have to start like <laughs> printing out a list of all my episodes so I could say it's on episode number, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I will do that eventually, be that, be organized that part of it. So Mr. Owl is a, an owl that comes to me and uh, he's in this particular part of the forest, it's not even a big path that I normally go. It's actually a pretty short fat path in the neighborhood. And I run into him at very crucial times in my life when I'm making a big decision or something new is happening or I've gotten an opportunity. Now I go into this forest. I don't do it all the time, but I will talk to him. I'll be like, yo, dude, like, you know, and I'll call him dude, but I'll be like, what's going on? What do I need to know? Is this something I should be doing? I don't know. Is this going to be a success? And, um, and then he shows up and I'm like, holy mackerel, there he is. I was having a big moment with Soulfinder Academy and 
and two of them showed up and I was like, fuck, <laughs> there they are. And it's really cool. So with the writing of my book and everything, I was walking through and talking to him and I'm like, ah, you know, and talking about my, my business and my business is shifting and membership for your soul is we're adding progress pods and we're adding things to it. And next level living is a new program for people who really want to study with me more intensely and um, go through the soul finder Academy and study every month and dive deep dive into the gifts. And I'm excited about all that I'm doing. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a big shift. It's a big change. I don't know. I don't know. Is this the right thing to do? And um, I was on the phone. I was leaving a message for my friend Dustin and I did a pout. I think the post is in Instagram. It's definitely on Facebook about this. And I was walking in the forest and I'm like, I don't know. And I never talk on Voxer, which is an app where you can leave a message for someone when I'm in this part of the forest, because I, I want to stay open to the owl and I'm leaving in a message and I'm like, so this happened today and I don't know. And this is what I need to do. And I'm feeling like I need to shift something and and I'm really getting into writing and this is amazing and I have to make more space and da, da, da. And I'm leaving a message and all of a sudden I hear a noise and I'm like, is that, a, you know, and I get willy nilly with the freaking off leash dogs around here when people aren't in control of them. And I'm like, is that a dog? And I'm looking around and right in front of me is the owl. And I was like, I got to go. Dust. I was talking to my friend Dustin. And I sat down with the dogs and I just talked to Mr. Owl. And I knew, like, I had an idea of what had to happen. And I left. And the next morning, Dustin left me a message. And he said, I don't know if you know this, but owls are really important to me. I'm not sure what they mean, but they're really important to me. And then in like a minute, he gave me succinctly what I was already feeling, but Dustin helped me. Um, that morning, I was like, it was getting really clear. And then he gave it to me in a minute. And I was like, after listening to that message, I was like, oh my goodness, that's exactly right. And I was pivoting in that moment. I was like super excited and my whole system was open and all these ideas were flooding me at more freedom to write, more, more things for my community so they can learn. Like just so much stuff coming through me. And I was like, yeah, this is great. And now I'm getting to the end of my stories. So then. Um, I've been talking to Monique and we've been sharing Monique's in next level living and she's going to run one of the progress pods in next level living because they're really important because they keep you, they're, um, a, uh, creation of this guy, Richard Ralston. So we purchased it from him. I don't want to take credit for progress pods. They came from him. And, um, we're really excited about doing it because it gets, the one thing my community love is get, they become really good friends and they like coming together. And I think it really helps you to be accountable. Dustin's one of my accountability partners. He's one of the people I've asked him to keep me accountable to this next podcast. So I've been talking to Monique back and forth and she was a coach in SFA and I know Monique very well and she's in next level living now. And we're just discussing different things and I'm talking about writing and she keeps, she's a really amazing coach, Monique. Um, and she was just, you know, mirroring back what I was saying. And I never heard you talk this way about writing. And it's, it's really great to hear about you. And I'm like, yeah, this is something I've loved, loved, loved to doing. And, um, I go into, you know, just walking on the path I'm about to enter the path again and no, no box or nothing. Cause I just want to enter the path. And I run into my neighbors and I'm like, have you seen the owl? Just cause he has two little kids and I'm just having a conversation. I'm very friendly. Matter of fact, side note. I was at the farmer's market yesterday and this guy is standing next to me with a basket of fries. And I was like, you know, you better not stand there too long. Cause I'm going to be grabbing one of those fries soon. And he just looked at me 
And I'm like, people don't get my personality. And also he probably thought I was flirting with him, but I was not flirting with him. I was really studying the fries and about to reach my hand in and grab one. And I thought, oh, this is really funny. But anyway, so I talk to everyone. I really do. I'm super friendly. And um, so I was talking to my neighbor. I'm like, have you seen the owl? And they're like, no, we haven't seen the owl for like two, three years, like a while now. And I was like, oh, no, I see him all the time. And he's usually on this branch, but they cut these branches. And then sometimes he's there. And then, yes, I said, said last week I was on the phone, like leaving a message for my friend. And he was right in front of me. And they were like, wow, no, we'll have to look more. I have not seen the owl. Have to look more. Pay attention to that. We have to open our eyes to what's around us in order to see the signs and the symbols. So he was like, oh, we're going to have to pay attention. That's great. And I was like, all right, have fun. You know, have a great day. I'm waving. Goodbye. And I turn around and I'm walking down the path and I'm thinking about everything I'm doing in my writing. And what do you think flies over my head? The owl. So friggin' close. Right over my head. Now, there is another part to this story that I want to share. I didn't think I was going to share it. So a moment, right? I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so on my path. The owl is a guide. All of this guidance is around us all the time. And I, I think I left that and I left the message. I left a message for Monique. I don't remember timing of things. It's, it's not important to me. You know, I do journal things so that when I go back to the Sal podcast, things are going to be very specific. This happened on this date. This happened on that date. At least the things that I have records for and the channel sessions I have dates on and stuff. But a lot of times I don't remember when the sequence of things, I, because synchronicity to me isn't a linear thing. It's, it's, a, it's a magical moment that happens all at once, right? So even things are linear in time. When you start experiencing what, the, what their meaning is and how big it is, it becomes all together. It's like this multidimensional experience. So I left a message to Monique because I think she said something about the owl. And I said, you're not going to believe this. The owl just flew by my head. And in during this time, I've been watching um, the HBO series, The Staircase. And I know the story of The Staircase. And The Staircase is about uh, Michael Peterson. His wife um, was found dead on the staircase. I'm not going to get into the whole story. It's very interesting. And I heard about it once. The first time I heard about it was on a podcast. And they told the story of it, how the owl may have done it. Okay. So that was the first time I heard about that theory or the heard the story. And then I knew there was another podcast about it. And then I know there's a documentary about it on Netflix. I never watched it. And then my friend Brooke was telling me, you know, you have to watch the series because I love true crime. You have to watch the series on HBO. And so I started watching it and I just got to the episode where they show the possibility of the owl doing the, uh, hurting her that she died. And so that was the, the last episode I saw. And I'd already had the owl fly over my head. I saw that episode, wasn't making any connection at all. And then Monique left me a message. And that was the message where she said, I can't believe how much you love writing. It's really incredible. Oh my goodness. It's so exciting to hear it from you. You know, I, I'm like, never heard you so excited and passionate about it. And I love how you said the welcome mat. And this book is the welcome mat to all your other writing. And then she ends that message with, Oh my goodness, that owl flying over your head. That must've been unbelievable. I can't wait to hear what that means. And right at that moment, I understood it because 
The Staircase was a podcast about true crime. I just got to the owl part where he attacked, the owl supposedly attacked her. There's three, there's different theories as to how she died. The owl attacked her and that caused the death. I'm getting ready to do the podcast about Sal, which is a true crime podcast. The owls flew over my head at a moment where I've been thinking about writing. And then Monique started talking about my writing and how she can't wait to find out what the owl means. And in that moment, I was like, oh my goodness, it's really telling me and encouraging me to do something I'm very afraid of doing. I'm really apprehensive of doing. There is a story in my book about this, about not about the Sal, how I found Sal Minio's body while he was dead, his spirit. And it was a story, but it was almost pulled and I did not want it pulled. So when you buy the book, Guides, Mystical Connections to Soul Guides and Divine Teachers, you're going to get to see that story and read that story. And next week, I'm going to read some experts from the book, excerpts from the book and take you through some, um, some lessons yourself. I want to take you through some things. But it was in that moment, and this is what I'm trying to say, that guides are in everything, that I got the encouragement to do it. Now, again, I'm going to reiterate, am I scared? You bet. I'll tell you why. One, he's famous. He was famous. You may not. I didn't know who he was when I found him. And even when they told me his name, I didn't know who he was. But he was a famous actor. Two, um, I have an idea of who the murderer really is. I don't know how I'm going to approach that. I have to talk to a legal person about that. Three, when I open up and work on this case, I literally get sucked into it because Sal starts coming to me things all around me, crazy coincidences that you would call them, but it's synchronicity happen, like insane stuff. And I needed to free up my time because when I go into it, I lose hours in it. And four, it's a big undertaking. It's a produced series. It's something that I'm choosing to do myself right now. It's big. And I don't know what's going to come from it because it's going to be in real time. So I'm going to go back to the places where his body was. And if I can get it to the, where his body was back to the place where I think the knife is, I'm going to be exploring all this. I, this is so big that I can't believe I'm sharing this with all of you. And I, I'm just hoping that I do it. Mm -mm. I'm trusting spirit said, uh, uh, I'm trusting I will do it. And it may be a bust. It may be met with critics. It may not do well but that's not why I'm doing it. It's because when I, when I write this story, when I dive into it, everything in me lights up that, like that pinball machine, ding, 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 ding. And I feel alive. And that's why we're here. So I do hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I would love for you to buy my book guides, mystical connections to soul guides and divine teachers. We will have the link in the show notes, uh, link on social media, and if you have any questions at all, you can email us at info at and we will respond. And remember, if you purchase the book by midnight, July 1st, you are going to get some incredible bonuses. Thank you so much. And I look forward to um, talking with you next week where we I'm going to read some excerpts from the book and take you through some exercises yourself. All right, guys, thank you so much. This is Marilyn Aloria, and um, this is Who Can It Be Now? And I will speak to you soon. Bye.